Back for another episode of Fun Belt Podcast. Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report. Shane Metlin with the Daily News Record. Happy Our, Father's Day, speaking of which. No Sun Belt action this week. None. Not a zilt zero. But still college football news as Pac-12 Commissioner George Kliakoff came out saying, NCA, no moss. What are your thoughts on that there, Shane, as, as that could potentially affect the Sunbelt Conference being one of the 10 FBS conferences that he is lumping in with that statement saying there doesn't need to be an NCAA for oversight. We, we can kind of police ourselves. I guess a few levels to it. And he, he's not the first one to say that, you know, Ohio State's athletic director has tossed that idea out there. So, I mean, I'm sure it's been talked about among these power five conference schools for a while, but I mean, there's some levels to it, I guess. I mean, if you're a Sunbelt fan or a group of five fan at all, you probably have to feel pretty good to begin with that they're talking about 10 conferences and not five at this point. Cause I mean, there's always been that talk about what if the power five split off. Um, so at least, at least we're still looking at FBS as we know it existing under this plan, but it also, it's a little confusing to me why you split off from the NCAA for one sport and not any others. Um, you know, what that means for the other sports. I mean, there's still just a lot of questions about it that I have no idea what the answers to at this point. But, I mean, I thought it was also interesting that The Athletic had him saying that he's talked to, you know, quote, several of the other commissioners, but I don't know how many several of the 10 that what that is, if that's five, if it's seven, if it's nine, because he, he, he said unanimous support. But I know Keith Gill was not in that, camp as of a few weeks ago when I talked to him about some stuff so you know I don't I really have no idea where it stands at this point as far as you know how much of a reality it might be so if we go down the road though saying that everyone is on board college football breaks away from the NCAA what does that really look like because to me that's really setting it up that you still have to have some kind of a mediator or process in place because for the big NCAA sanctions it's always that somebody turned in someone else. Mm -hmm. We don't like that you're doing this. And so we're going to go to the NCAA and they're going to act as a, a mediator to kind of sort it out. When you start talking mediator, you immediately start thinking board of labor, which then classifies people as employees, which is something that I don't think anybody really wants because that is greatly going to impact the game as a whole. Yeah, I mean, that's just one of the many questions about it. If these, if your football players are not NCAA athletes and every other athlete on campus is, what does that mean for your football players? What does it mean for them as far as, you know, in any kind of amateurism rules, like you said, are they employees all of a sudden? Maybe that is like the idea that they want to be able to hire football players but not have to worry about hiring, you know, volleyball or cross-country runners. I don't know, like what the uh, – what they're hoping to gain from this. I really don't, but like you said, it just opens up so many questions that I have no idea what the answers are to at this point, like what it actually means. Yeah. And, and then you also got to wonder what does that do for title nine as well? Because as you said, if you're throwing all your money, all your resources behind football, what about the women's soccer team, the women's lacrosse team for the Northern teams as well? What, what does that mean? And, and I don't really have the answer. So it is kind of a open-ended question there. As we have our experts of realignment, Jeremy Harper joining us now from Howl Razor. Yeah. What's the answer, Jeremy? 
the answer to what? And my internet's unstable. Jeremy, I still think you have a sponsorship in waiting <laughs> NIL deal, whatever for 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 AOL. <laughs> Listen, I've got a family, and they're all streaming movies right now. They don't give a crap about this podcast. I don't know why. I try to get them to listen to it. They don't care. They just want to watch Disney Plus and play Call of Duty. And so I'm sitting here in the back room, the furthest possible place from my internet connection. And sometimes it doesn't sound so good. So I'm sorry. I, I can relate to you. It's Father's I Day. Can, I, I, can, I can understand. My kids do not care about any of the stuff I do at all either. So um if I can just get them to be quiet long enough for me to do this or make a phone call or anything that that's, I consider that a win. I consider them caring if they uh, can be quiet for me. The weird thing is, is when I met Jeremy in person, he still broke up and froze and everything else. So he, he blames the internet, but it's not the internet issue. It's just me. Let me ask you this, Shane, as a, as a dad, and you bring your kids to the football game game. Do they care about, you know, JMU? at all no not really i mean especially football um <laughs> you know my kids play lacrosse so they they really like the lacrosse team you know they thought the softball teams run a couple of years ago the, the women's sports they're i have two daughters so they get into the women's sports more than the men they think football is the most boring thing in the in the world they do not <laughs> care one bit if i go off on a saturday to a football game they have no interest in coming along you know, maybe if I told them about the food and the tailgate parties and stuff, they'd change their minds. But, you know, when it comes to football and a lot of sports, they don't care at all. So it's it's interesting. It's just dad. No, and I'm always like, come with me. Come, we'll go to a basketball game. We'll go up to Jonesboro. It'll be a couple hours together. We'll bond. And I get, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't know what it is. Yeah, they, um, maybe it's me. Maybe us and going to a basketball game because of the I know the, the arena's cool and if they're with me they get to go behind the scenes a little bit more that that's cool to them but uh you know if I try to get them to watch a basketball game on TV they have absolutely no interest in that and, no uh, yeah. well I, I will tell you one thing and Dusty has the same problem like when I come to Arkansas State to cover a game I get all these fans that just sort of mob me and they want my autograph and they want selfies and they want to know my thoughts about the program and they say I should be coaching and all this stuff. And yeah, that's a little intimidating to my kids. They, they don't want to be around that. So I try to shelter them from that. Oh, I have the opposite. No, nobody knows who I am. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I was in New Jersey a week or two ago. I don't even remember now the days are running high and I pull into a store and, uh, car next to me has got a JMU sticker on the window and I'm thinking oh I wonder if they'll recognize me and uh, nah I have no idea who I am so yeah no uh I remember head coach Blake Anderson recognized me and said oh you're that funny guy and I was like shit what does that mean does it mean that I'm funny like I'm like kind of dick funny like I'm generally funny you know I didn't know so for about you know a week, I'm wondering if if he's going to show up outside my house ready to fight. I don't know what what he was ready to do, but in some ways, I don't want to be recognized at all. So maybe Shane anonymity might be your oh, best yeah, friend for sure. It, it really is. Hey, so what were we talking about? 
when I finally jumped into the podcast. <clears throat> What's we are talking happen? about Pac-12 Commissioner what? George Kliakoff saying all 10, 10 FBS leagues are leaving the NCAA. Whoa. Well, this is news to me. Tell me more. Well, I don't think it's anything official at this point, but he said he basically he told the athletic that he thought thought they were moving in that direction for football. That yeah, football should split off from the NCAA. He's talking about all 10 FBS leagues. He's says there's you know unanimous support, but as I was saying before, as of a few weeks ago, talking to Keith Gill, he wasn't necessarily on board with that. So maybe he's changed his mind in the past few weeks, or maybe he uh maybe he knows that his vote maybe doesn't count as much as some of the others, but I don't know. But um, that's kind of where it stands right now is at least something that's being talked about. And are you guys on board with such a radical shift in the paradigm? As we were kind of saying before is, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know yeah. what it would mean. I don't know what happens to the other sports. I don't know what happens to what, how it makes playing football different than playing soccer or volleyball or whatever like i have no idea what it would mean so it's hard to kind of you know really judge it too harshly but i'm curious and skeptical about how it all works you know football has become such a big business that it, it does sort of seem to be like a, an entity that's become bigger than the ncaa itself and i know dusty has his problems with the ncaa you know that that other people uh, within the college football community find the NCAA to be this sort of lumbering, antiquated, doesn't seem to judge other some teams fairly, and doesn't seem to, to, to be on the ball on a lot of things, doesn't seem to have the fingers on the pulse of the college uh, uh, sporting community. I, I've always been, I've always felt kind of the opposite. In that I always feel like you need a strong NCAA to put things all together and make it to where people just fly off the handle and do what they want. And I feel like some of the things that have happened recently, the, the transfer portal debacle, the NIL debacle, all these things that are making college sports sort of teetering on sort of chaos is because we no longer have an NCAA that can sort of wrangle all that together. What do you guys think about that? I think the NCAA doesn't have much of a spine to it, though. And I think that they've been too afraid to actually do enforcement. I think that at one time they were able to really drop the hammer, as we saw for SMU, as yeah. we've seen for other programs, uh, Houston. But they also see what that does to a program in that SMU, Houston, largely been fairly irrelevant in the, the landscape of college athletics since then. But then you have the blatant paying of players before it was really legal for NIL. And, ah, that's fine. No big deal. They're, they're making billions of money for us. So, you know, keep upping the, uh, the, the payroll and doing a great job there, guys. The big issue with the NCAA that I see is it, it's not just one entity. It's not a strong central organization like you were saying it needs to be. Somebody might decide – the people who decide what happens to, you know, North Carolina, if there's an investigation, it's one group of people. And then the next investigation that comes along, you know, say it's, say it's NC state just to, you know, get those people riled up, like, cause they never think it's fair. Um, 
you know, it's not going to be the same group of people. And so you wonder why they're holding them to different standards. It's not necessarily the NCAA's bias. It's just that, you know, five people investigate this one, five people investigate this one. It's not the same people. They don't look at things the same way. It's not a strong central governing body like it should be. It's a bunch of people doing whatever they feel like in the moment. And then, you know, and Mark Emmert's been the president for I don't know how long. I've never heard anybody say that they feel like he's, you know, putting his foot down or ever like just, you know, under have things under control. Like everybody thinks he's just collecting a paycheck. You know, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but there's not that central strong NCA that you're talking about. The NCA as it was intended to be, I think is a great thing, but I don't know if we're so far removed from having that that we'll ever get back to it. So no real answers there for us, but just some good banter back and forth there as we discuss this in the the great June content, as Jeremy always reminds us that we're in the midst of. Did we lose him all together? I'm here. God, you know, June content is the hardest. I was trying to look back at what we have done, and, you know, I did look at some of the portal transfers that have come to the Sun Belt via football. And I find that the quality of transfers this year is better than quality from last year. That the the the, the we seem to be getting higher rated players coming into the Sun Belt than we did last season. I don't know what to make of that, guys. Yeah, is that because the Sun Belt has gotten a better a bit of a better reputation over the last couple of years, and now? Uh, uh, higher impact players are looking at the Sun Belt and saying, "Hey, I this seems like these seem like teams I want to play for," or is there something else uh, going on that I don't quite get? Like perhaps uh, I don't know. Is the grading systems different? Have they improved? I don't know. Does help me out with an answer on that. I think it's a little bit of everything. I think that the great seasons that we've had these past few years of Sun Belt Conference football have really shown that the league is growing and is much better than the years past. I also think that it's, it's a little bit of, you got to kind of get in where you fit in. If you have an offer from a Sunbelt conference school, you better take it because if not, you're probably going to fall to the FCS ranks or even a D2 D3 or, or lower. And, and so not to, to downplay the strength of the conference, because I definitely think that we do have a strong conference as we have, uh, any time in the past, but I also feel like it's it's people are realizing that this might be their last chance to really play at the D one level. Yeah, I think that. And makes- I also noticed. Go, oh, go ahead, Jay. But I was going to say I think that makes sense, and you know, having been covering a program that was FCS here until you know just recently, one thing you one major difference you see is all those guys who wanted to play right away would have transferred to FCS instead of a group of five school. And now, you know, good players who, you know, were transferring down from a power five conference, they could play right away if they go to a Sunbelt school. So that's definitely a better option than say, you know, an FCS James Madison or Youngstown state or all those you know, traditional powers in the FCS level that have recruited transfers for years and years and years, you know, part of the reason it was a good time for JMU to move up is because that that aspect of the transfer advantage wasn't there for them anymore at the FCS level. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I kind of think that it, it is a matter, though, of the Sun Belt really elevating its brand and becoming just a, a better, uh, a better, a more high football profile or a high profile football conference. And I think that's what's going to be something that we see carry on later on. I think what we're going to see is guys like the MAC and, of course, uh, uh, Conference USA. I think going to continue to struggle getting the transfers. I think Sunbelt is going to end up doing very well in the near future. And I just hope that we can keep that ball rolling. Uh, I was looking at some of the teams that I thought really did well in the transfer portal this year. It's not even over. It seems like there's still uh, people, uh, 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 teams are still working that water. And what I found was uh, teams like Old Dominion did very well. And Southern Miss did just kind of okay. But then you've got, you know, you know Troy did uh, picked up a couple of uh, on, on four stars. Uh, I, I saw that the herd did very well in their their uh, transfer portal workings, and I saw Louisiana did not do very well. It seems like they lo- mostly lost a bunch of, uh, of of their best guys. So I again, it, it looks like Louisiana is on that downward trajectory. But speaking of the herd, I also read somewhere uh, online that somebody called Marshall the darling of the sunbelt is marshall the darling of the sunbelt what does that mean i don't know i <laughs> i mean they're a popular team they've got a national recognized brand yeah. you know going back to the movie and uh everything else they've got a great fan base and i think a lot of people expect them to be pretty good this year but i, I don't know what the darling of the sunbelt mean does that mean all of us to cover the sunbelt love marshall i don't know like what do they mean by that <laughs> Well, for me, you know, that's so the darlings of the Sun Belt have always been programs that have sort of shown that they can play. Like Appalachian State was for a while, in my opinion, the darling of the Sun Belt. And then after that was Coastal Carolina. Those guys are the darlings of the Sun Belt, simply because it seemed like the, uh, the, the national uh, eye had been put on them. But these guys are automatically assuming that they're, they're the darlings of the, of the Sun Belt. And I thought, well, maybe that's true because there does seem to be a lot of buzz around the herd this year. Are we going to have to accept, Dusty Tipo, that the herd are the darlings of the Sun Belt? I think they're a good team, but I wouldn't say they're the darlings, the face of the program or of the conference, I should say. It's exciting, definitely, that they're coming in, but I still think that it's going to be the traditional programs that you see are, are the darlings are the face of the conference until they kind of get in they being Marshall until they get in and, and really prove themselves you're still looking at App State Coastal Carolina Louisiana Lafayette um, really carrying the torch to to lead the league into this new season I think maybe one of the reasons why Marshall gets a lot of attention too is that they, they do have a sort of national story built into them uh, with the historical things that have happened at Marshall and then having, you know, just historically good football, te- uh, football, ga- or football uh, 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 teams. So I, I you know what, I, if, if they want to carry the mantle of darling, you know, I'm actually fine with that. 
you know, anything that brings a little more visibility to the Sun Belt, I'm pretty happy with. I just do find it's a little funny that that they've come in into a league and they haven't played one game in the Sun Belt. And some of them are considering themselves the darling of the conference. But I guess we'll just have to see. Oh, so that was coming from Marshall fans that they're the darling. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay. That was like somebody nationally. Yeah, like if, if it was Tim Brando saying that, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe maybe there's something to it. But I would love like Dusty Thibodeau to put out like a big article saying that ULM Warhawks are the darlings of the Sun Belt. When will that happen? I'm just here so that we don't get fined. <laughs> In fact, I, you know what? I might move away from my obsession with the Boobcats and start like promoting ULM as the darlings of the, the Sun Belt. And let's see if we can get some better exposure for the, the poor Warhawks who, uh, who could, probably use, could probably use a little bit of a boost in, a, in, a natural, in national uh, recognition. As said, as seen on Twitter, just don't mention Brady McBride because Texas State fans are not happy with him at all. What happened with that? (laughs) What did you say? There was a comment that was made of nobody puts Brady in the corner, McBride in the corner, and it just went off the rails from there of we're not putting him in the corner, we're putting him on the bench. It was it was it was bad. Wow, you know what? I didn't know there was any vitriol whatsoever surrounding Brady McBride until I saw that 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 Twitter stream. Until I saw that thread, I thought, "What is going on here?" I didn't even know the Bobcats had vitriol. I thought they were just sort of a laid-back sort of happy-go-lucky fan base, and then it went crazy. And it was all yeah, your fault, I- Tibbs. Yeah, make one for the team there. Uh, You know, you try to express your your uh, appreciation for everyone, and uh, it just greatly backfires on you. Yeah, I bet you didn't realize for a second you can mention Brady McBride in a a benign tweet as you did, and have that kind of just blow up. Nope, but (laughs) I will. I will do it again. Because you like Brady McBride. I do like Brady McBride. And you believe in Brady McBride. And he's right there waiting to take over at Appalachian State. You know, when he's raising that trophy in <laughs> in December, uh-huh. it, it'll all be worth it. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think that it will really matter at that point because he'll get a ring. He'll have a trophy and a good old SBC championship hat yeah, to wear when he goes back to San Marcos. People will forget about that Twitter brew, ha ha, but not you, Dusty Thibodeau. You will nod smugly and go, I was right. Uh, very much so. And we'll also retweet those tweets <laughs> to remind people you don't put me bride in a corner. We're all over the place this episode. This is what happens when, when June rolls around. You know, June content is very tough to do. I'm about to do a story about a sculpture that is on the A-State campus. That's where I am right now. I have nothing else to report. Luckily, June's going fast. We'll, we'll have July content before we know it. 
July content is even worse, Shane, than June content. For a few weeks, then you start getting closer to actual football practice, and you can kind of start looking at that. And that's true. You know what? What's my favorite football season? Yeah, you know what's my favorite thing is when the schools start updating their football rosters and putting pictures of the new guys on the roster sheet. I don't know if they've done that JMU yet. They haven't done that Arkansas State yet. I just feel like they're not quite on the team yet until you see that photograph on there. That's always one thing I look forward to. But until then, we've got at least 30 more days of trying to come up with content. And I don't know what to do. Like, you know what, something happened this week that enabled me to at least talk a little bit about it is Butch Jones got a one-year extension at Arkansas State. And there was some like uh, murmurs about that. I agree with that. Uh, why would you give him a one-year? He, he's still under contract. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You are not in danger of losing him. No. Why, why did we feel the need to extend that another year? Yeah, you know, it was a bit of a puzzle because nobody in at Arkansas State is upset with what's going on with the football team right now. They know that needs to be rebuilt and needs to be uh, 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 needs to match the same talent as the rest of the Sun Belt. Uh, the uh, Blake Anderson had kind of lost a lot of his uh, uh, his um, stomach for recruiting, especially in the time uh, with a lot of the things personally going on. So the team really suffered in that regard. And Jones is really doing a good job of bringing in new talent. Nobody disputes that. But it is a little strange after a two and ten season. Go, hey, let's give this guy another year. So I don't know if 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 there was some something in the background that that you know maybe Jones had thought about maybe retiring or leaving or what. I have no idea. You know, we get a brand new uh, um, athletic director who comes in, and that's really his first major move is to give him a, him an extension. So, uh, yeah, it's curious. Uh, I don't know what to think of it. It doesn't upset me. But uh, some people were, like, really puzzled by that. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. You did mention the recruiting, and I know Arkansas State's had some studs in for visits here recently. Could that be part of it? Maybe are these big-time recruits that are paying attention to Arkansas State, are they asking, hey, what's this stability like? And so maybe they wanted to make a gesture in that direction. Could that be something that – you know, you know what, what that is, Shane? That is brilliant analysis. Oh, I appreciate it. Because <laughs> I think maybe that might be it. Because, uh, yeah, the recruiting has very good. People have been coming on campus, have, have been a very impressive. And, yeah, I could see that. You, you look at Butch Jones and you say, well, you went 2-10 and 10 last year. How long are you going to be here, dude? Uh, that vote of confidence is really real when you tack on another year. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. Shane, that was very wise. Thank you for, 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 for plucking the wisdom out of that messy string cheese of, of unrelated or, 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 or terrible analysis on my part. So thank you very much. That's it, Dusty. I have my moment. Exactly it. We're protecting our recruiting. So here's a question I do have. With, with that said, you said you were kind of perplexed about why he was extended do you know if y'all have kind of this new age 
group of coaches on y'all staffs at JMU, Arkansas State, or even around the league, where you have like a mental skills coach, a guy that really approaches or gal approaches the mental aspect of games to prepare your student athletes to be able to mentally handle at bats, uh, taking a snap from behind center, running across the middle, whatever. Is that something that y'all have really seen at these schools? I've seen sports psychologists, things like that. I don't know if I've seen anybody necessarily on the coaching staff. Um, but, I mean, it's possible that there's guys or gals, depending on the sport, um, that kind of fill that role as coaches. But I'm not, I'm not 100% sure who it would be at JMU anyway. I remember at Arkansas State not too long ago, it was a big deal to have a nutrition table. Like, like having a nutritionist come in and start putting out halfway decent food for the football players. So I will say to you, and I know at Arkansas State, if, if that is a trend, Dusty, it has not hit Jonesboro yet. But my God, I think it would be something valuable. And haven't we come this along this way, Dusty, to where we can uh, uh, we, uh, programs can hire more staff and isn't that the natural thing to do is start looking at more of the mental health aspect? Look, I definitely need to know that we all need some mental health and, and especially whenever you start hitting skids in, in the season and all that of how to deal with it because some of these guys have never had to deal with uh, losses in their career. But I just think that there's a lot better places to be spending cash than on somebody to tell you how you should step up to the plate, relax and get ready for a fastball. That's going to be outside. I tell you who's probably doing it. Probably Nick Saban there at uh, Alabama. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the 150 guys he has on staff probably <laughs> has to. Uh, <laughs> right? I do like Dusty's take though, which Dusty's take is old school, right? We don't need, there's a lot more that we need on staff than we need somebody calming you down for kicking footballs or taking it behind snaps. But Dusty, I think, I think, I don't think your, your fingers are on the pulse of the future, my friend. I think you're uh, missing out. I'm, I'm okay with missing that boat because that just seems like a misallocation of valuable military resources. I don't know. You know, the more I think about it, you know, the, the, especially with the spotlight on college athletics being so bright now, uh, the money that's involved, the pressure that's put on these kids. And sometimes you see those kids, they don't come out, they don't come out too well from it. You know, they, they, the, when the college game is over, they're just kind of wrecks. And, and there's actually been players at Arkansas state lately uh, whom I won't name but have left the game simply because the pressure of it was just, was just too much. And that's at Arkansas state. That's not a nationally known program. So to, to me that even if it's not somebody like a guru that, you know, like leads yoga in the morning or, 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 but I, did you see Ted, you see the Ted Lasso season where they had the psychiatrist uh, on staff for a while. No idea what you're talking about. All right. Well, you should watch Ted Lasso the last season. They brought in a psychiatrist and it really helped a lot of the players on the team. And I know it's fiction, but it seemed like a, it seemed like something that I don't know would, would not be a bad investment. I'm not sure. I mean, I could be totally wrong on this, but 
when I look at the players and things I've heard about mental health and stuff, I'm not sure it's so much of, I don't know how to handle it when I step into the batter's box or step up to kick a field goal or whatever, less of that and more of, I don't know how I'm going to watch film for two hours get my homework done and keep my girlfriend from breaking up with me when there's only 24 hours in a day. I see more of that than mm. actual performance related stuff with a lot of times it seems like when it comes to athletes and mental health and things. If only us average students got that kind of treatment as well. Yeah. Well, next time the English department brings in millions of dollars of revenue, I'll, we'll get back to that. I'm a former English student. And I didn't get stuff. I didn't get, I didn't, I guess I could have used some mental health facilities. That would have been great. I might've, I might've uh, been a little more successful than a guy with a podcast. That's for sure. If I only had somebody to help me keep my head on straight in those formative college years, well, let's wrap it up before we ruin the show even further. Plugs, promos, parting shots. Shane, lead us in. I missed the country music conversation <laughs> last week but i'm gonna tell jeremy yeah ignore the mainstream ah. pop nashville stuff look for some okay. of the alt country Ooh. texas singer songwriters there's there's country music out there that's decent that i think you would like especially if you're more of a rock and roll type of guy there's stuff that borders that um so that's my that's my suggestion to you because i missed that whole conversation i've been saving that for the parting shot so there you go I appreciate that, uh, and I think I will start looking into the alt country music scene yeah. and see if you I can. Satellite radio. I do. Check out uh, channel channel sixty, the outlaw country station. They'll play. It's everything. It could be from Buck Owens to the Rolling Stones. Like, you know, it's 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 everything. That that that'll float your boat more than whatever whatever is popular out of Nashville right now. I don't even know. I find the I find the country music discussion interesting because it's like just narrowing stuff down by genres can be be tricky. So I'm here to advocate for some country music. I will dig that up and uh, I will get back to you. In fact, you know, I, I like to listen to a little bit of jazz when I'm doing my work, my real work, my real job. And it's not that I'm a jazz fan. I just kind of it soothes me. So maybe I'll try the outlaw this weekend or this week and see if it improves my my outlook on country music and hopefully my production as as a, a as a human being. Yeah, it probably <laughs> won't help you get your work done or calm you down. Oh, OK, but it might. Well, it will be better than what you heard on the beach, I bet. Well, I thank you for that, Jeremy. Well, OK, uh, because it's June. And I'm still waiting for sports to light up. I've been watching like the PGA and stuff like that. And nothing's really floating my boat. So I start watching a show called The Boys. Have you watched this show, guys? It is, I have not seen it. It is the other side of being a superhero. <laughs> yes. It's, it's about superpowered individuals who do not really have super morals. And so then there's this group of guys who call themselves the boys that are going after these guys. So I've been watching the first two seasons. I just finished the first two seasons leading up to what's coming up now, the third season that's, that's just been released. My son and I have been watching that. 
I encourage people to watch it because it is very entertaining. It is very, very raunchy. I don't know if it's as clever or as shocking as the show thinks it is. Because there's a lot of people that will, will kind of be like, oh, man, it's just it's so out there. I don't really think it is. But it is a very entertaining show on, on Amazon Prime. If I were you, while you guys are waiting for football season to come, and then, of course, volleyball season and basketball season and soccer season and all the college sports seasons that we're desperately waiting to have uh, come back to us. Go ahead. Check out the boys. It's a great time suck. It's not bad. There's some pretty good messages in it. There's some pretty horrible messages into it. Uh, check it out. It's pretty good. My promo. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with the TV show theme here as, as we're rolling along. Severance okay. on Apple Plus. I've heard good things about Severance. Directed by Ben Stiller. Basically, they plant a chip in your head that separates work from life, and you don't know your work self. Your work self doesn't know your Audi self. <laughs> Very interesting concept. They're breaking out, though. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that, and we're ready for season two. Well, thank you very much, Dusty, for allowing me to come in late. Always. Make sure, uh, Shane, you lock the door behind you, as always. <laughs>